Reboot the what? A telephone. So what does reboot mean? Like reset, not reset. Well, reset, reset, restart. So restart in what aspect? So think of a computer. So when you reboot a computer, what is it actually doing? What is it? It's restarting. So let's talk about reboot. So reboot definition is turning something off and turning it back on. So when you have like a computer and things are acting a little funky, what is the very first thing you do? You usually reboot it. Just a simple push the button. Nope, sorry. Go to Windows, restart, let it loop around, turn it back on. Nine times out of 10, does it usually fix the, the problem you're having? For the most part. So reboot is just a simple turning something off and turning it back on, a simple restart. Now a reset. Now we know what a reboot is. What is a reset? What is reset? If rebooting is just restarting, what is resetting? Back to the beginning. So how many of you guys have any kind of phone? So you have phones, you have computers as well. And if you get a new phone, or if your, your phone is like destroyed, we'll just put it like that. Your phone is destroyed and you want to reset it, bring it back to factory settings. What are you actually doing to it? You're resetting it back to factory settings. So you're basically erasing everything on it to bring it back to the beginning. So if we look at reset, resetting is moving something back to an original place or position to put back in the correct position for healing. To put into a new piece, you can reset like a piece of jewelry, to erase and restore, and resetting is destructive. So it's a destructive as it's a clean slate. Think of factory resetting a computer or a phone. So basically, you're bringing it back to the very beginning, like the very first day you got it. So from the beginning. So we're going to talk about revival. So let's just look at the word revive. So revive by itself, what does it mean? Just shout it out. What is reviving? Come back. So you're bringing it back to life. So reviving is bringing it back to life. You could, you could put it on there. Yeah, revival. So we're restoring life and consciousness. So something is dead, and then boom, it comes back. It comes back up. So just to shout it out, so you have revival, and within revival, you can have resuscitate, reinvigorate, revitalize, refresh, reanimate, reintroduce, reestablish, restore, relaunch, and resurrect. So as we stand here today, as far as a youth ministry, we are rebooting because we're, 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 we're putting it back into, you know, we're pushing a, re a little restart button, coming back, boom. And we want to thank those, the old, the, the old guard who came back tonight. So thank you. You're here for a reboot. We are going to reset, which means bring it back to the beginning, erase a clean slate. So I want to thank the new people who walked through the door as well, because you're part of the reset. And together, we're going to bring it back to life with revival. And in the same aspect, we also want that to be part of your lives as well. 
So we're going to talk about you guys getting a reboot in your lives. You're going to get a reset in your lives, and we're going to bring revival as well. So we're going to start off talking about reboot. So in the aspect of Christianity, rebooting is Jesus has the ability to bring things back together and give a reboot to your life. So let's look at, we'll get to that. Let's look at, we're going to start in Luke chapter 15. So in Luke, you have Jesus, and he's talking to the, the Pharisees, and he's, he's, he's talking about parables. So we're going to look about the first parable that he, he talks about in this chapter of Luke. So Luke 15, we're going to start in chapter, sorry, Luke chapter 15, we're looking at verses 3 to 7. If we have it on the board. If not, that's all right. So Jesus told, Jesus told these people the story. He says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders when he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. So you have Jesus, and, Je and, and he's telling them a story about uh, a man that has 100 sheep. So 99 sheep can, can, can stay there, and one will just wander along. And what is Jesus going to do? He's going to go after that, that one sheep and bring them back. And once he brings them back, it, it's like a reboot. Something got out of place, he grabs it, reboots, and everyone's together again. So Jesus can do the same thing in your life. So if you think like you're in a church or, or something, and there's like 100 people there, and you know, you just want to go do your own thing. You walk out. Guess what? Jesus has the ability to go out there and grab you, and he's going to bring you and put you back into place because he loves you that much. Jesus, you can put on there. So reboot. Jesus will do whatever it takes to find his lost ones, and once found, all things are rebooted as if nothing happened. So he has that ability. Once he finds you, it's a complete reboot. He will chase after the one and leave the 99 behind. Just like in the song Reckless Love, and he talks about he's, he's going after the one. That's what he wants to do for each and every one of you. In his eyes, you guys are that one. So he's chasing after you, and he's putting you back. And now we're going to talk about reset. So reset. Jesus will break all and any barriers to find what was lost. So if we continue in that chapter, in verse 8, or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one, won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? So if you guys, if, if you guys had ten of something, just say you had ten, ten dollars, and you lose a dollar, are you just gonna, you're just gonna, you're gonna, you know, you're just, you're just happy with the nine? Or you're gonna, you're gonna look everywhere for that one thing that's missing, that one piece? 
Or what is something that you guys really like? Or let's put it like this. What about a phone? So if you guys have your phone, just imagine you had a phone and you lose that phone. What are you going to do to find that phone? You're going to do whatever it takes to find it. You're going to look everywhere. You're going to look under every nook, every cranny. You're going to do whatever it takes so you can find that one. So in this one, that woman, she's, she's going to light a lamp. She's going to sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she does find it, she will call her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when one sinner re uh, repents. So in the eyes of God, when one person, when one person repents, it's a big deal. It's not like, oh, uh, you know, this one person, you know, repented, you know, I have 20 people over here. So when one person repents, it's a big celebration, big party. Everything is, everything's going crazy. Like in the song, and we talk about resetting, in the song Reckless Love, and he'll break through everything to get, you know, to get what he wants. That's the same thing. When that one person repents, big celebration, everybody's going nuts, it's crazy. And when you do repent, what do you think what happens when somebody repents? So, say you have a long list of sins that you did, and you're thinking in your head, oh, I did this thing wrong. Oh, I think he's going to hate me because I did this thing wrong. I've done something I, I maybe shouldn't have done. Oh, I lied. I stole. In the eyes of God, when you repent, what do you think happens to that list of every single thing you've done? As long as you repented. It gets reset. So when, when I talked about reset, it talks about erasing it, formatting, and bringing it back to factory settings. So when you repent, all that bad stuff that you guys done, that you think you want to hold on to, in the eyes of God, it's been erased, the slate is clean, and boom, you've been refreshed back to the beginning. So... The point with reset is when you accept Jesus and you ask for forgiveness, all of your sins are reset. So they're all washed away. And now revival. So revive. Revival. Only Jesus can resurrect your life and your situation. So who's the only one that can resurrect your life? Jesus. So if you're going through something and you feel dead and you feel like things aren't going the way you want them to go, who's the only one that can, can raise you from the dead? Who's the only one that can make you new again? And who's the one that can make you alive again? So we're going to continue on in that chapter. So in, in verse 11, so to illustrate his point even further, Jesus told them this story. So a man had two sons. So just think, you know, if you're in a family, there's two, there's two people, boy and girl, doesn't matter. In your family, you have a sister and a brother, or you have a sister, or you have a brother, or there's two kids, or whatever. So just imagine, this man had two sons. So the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now, before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son 
packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded, he persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. So right now in this thing, you have this, this younger son, and he's, he's, he basically tells his father, I want what's mine right now. And then he gets, he gets what he thinks he wants, and then he goes out into the world, and when he goes out into the world, he wastes his money, and now he's starving. And then it comes to a point where the things he was feeding, he basically was feeding for it. And did anybody give him anything? No. So what happens now? What do you think is going through his head right now? He probably should have stayed with his father. He should have stayed with his father. So he's thinking, I should have stayed home. So that's where we're at now. So when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. So his father was basically waiting for him, and he saw him coming. And how do you think the father, before we even get there, how do you think the father reacted when he saw his son coming? Hmm? Why is he back? No. So if you're a dad, so go off. So if you're a father or you're a mother and your child just goes out there and they run away from home, doesn't matter if they were rebellious, doesn't matter if they were going through something, they just ran away from home and wanted to do their own thing. And now you see that person finally coming back. How do you think the parents could react? Excited, happy, because finally the child is coming back home. So now he returned home to his father when he was still a long way off. His father saw him coming and filled with love and compassion. So the father was filled with love and compassion, and he ran to his son. He embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. But meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house and asked one of the servants, what was going on? Your brother is back. He was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf 
We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We have to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he has found. So with revival, Jesus has the power to bring things back to life, even they were, even they were once considered dead. So in this story, you have, a, you have two sons. So how many of you guys been in a position where you felt like you wanted to get what was yours right now? Thank you. You want to get what's yours right now, and you don't care what it takes. You're going to get what you want, and then you're going to go out there and do your own thing. And even though you might have parents that tell you, you know what, that's not the right thing to do. You know, you should do it this way. This way. You want to go out and do it on your own. Or maybe you're in a mindset where you don't like how things are going on at home, or you don't like how life is turning out for you, or you think that you could do better by running away. But the reality is, when you run away, you're, you're probably thinking, oh, you know, my parents don't love me. Uh, my friends don't like me. Let me just go run away, and things are going to be much better out there. But the reality is, the things aren't much better out there. And while you're running away, your parents are at home, and they're praying for you, and they're thinking about you, and they're the only things that are on their mind because they love you. And there's nothing out there. And they're waiting. They're calling everybody and telling them, please, for them to come home and to bring it back to life, for them to come home. Because that's the worst feeling that anybody can get, is that you go off, you go off, you do your own thing, and going through their minds, they're wondering, where's my kid? Where's my teenager? Where are they at? And they don't want to get that phone call that says that you guys aren't around no more. And that things aren't better out there, they love you. So if you're thinking, if that's going through your head, just stay home, because deep down, they do love you. And, or if you are an older sibling or a younger sibling, and you feel that your other sibling gets everything, and you don't get, every, you don't get everything, or mommy and daddy show them more attention than they show you, don't be jealous about it because your parents have a special place in their hearts for each and every single one of you. Just like our father has a place for everybody in this room. And sometimes you might be in a situation where you see people getting excited because somebody new comes to Christ and you're, you're wondering how come that same energy isn't for me when I come through the doors. But you gotta remember that, that God always loves you and he knows that you're right by your side so he wants to chase after those who strayed away those who aren't right there those who who went away and when they do come back it's a big celebration because everybody now is together again 
And the thing about also reviving is that being revived means it was dead, it's now back to life. So if you've ever been in a, a position where you, feel, you felt you was dead or you had to be revived, that is the greatest feeling that you got a second chance. And that means that God has touched your life and he knows, and you should know that there's a special place for you. I, I myself have been labeled when I was a teenager as so many things. So for me, I wasn't raised growing up. I felt, felt bad, dealt with some stuff, because with me, I wasn't raised by mommy or daddy. So I was raised by my, my grandparents. So that's, that's me. So I was raised by my grandparents. And in 1999, when I was in seventh grade, so that summer of seventh grade, that's when my, my grandfather died. So now I went from being raised by a grandparent to now being raised in a single grandmother home. So if you guys are going through being a single, you know, you're dealing with a single parent at the house or you're going through that, guess what? I've been there with you. I've been there and God, God is there. I remember when I was... 13, so 12, 13, I sat in those same exact seats and I came through the doors for the first time into a youth ministry. And personally, I didn't know if I wanted to be there because my parents kept, no, everyone kept pushing for me to come here. They kept pushing for me to, to sit in those same seats. And I, I grew up as a Catholic, so... But something got a hold of my life that told me I needed to be here. And I was labeled as everything under the book. So for me personally, I was labeled as like crazy. I was told I wouldn't amount to anything in life by teachers, by counselors. I was told that, that I was nothing. I was diagnosed in the, the beginning, like in the, the, the 90s. So I was diagnosed with ADHD. I got kicked out of like six, seven schools. And I was told that I should maybe, that I wasn't smart enough to do anything in life. But that's when I, I personally had to turn to Jesus. And through every single thing that I've been through, he was right there by my side. He was there to, to, to put me into a church. And even though I may not have... I thought that I didn't have a, a father figure in, in my life or, you know, my mother was out there with a new family and I'm, I'm sitting there questioning why am I at home with my grandparent when my mother went off and got remarried and now she's with another family and I don't live with those siblings, so I'm just in this, you know, a certain situation. It made me realize that despite everything, God put me where he needed to put me for a reason. And because he helped me, put me in that position, now I can be here to talk to all of you guys. The thing about rebooting, resetting, and refreshing is I can personally stand here today and say that he has done all three in my life. I remember I needed a reboot, so the first reboot would be from me leaving Catholic and choosing to be here. The reset is when I started, I was like the, the prodigal son. 
So I chose to, to go away. And I remember I, I went away and I lived a year of my life just between work, playing video games, and staying in my room. Other than that, I didn't do anything. So I was seriously addicted to, to video games, staying in my room, and then just coming out to work. I didn't socialize with anyone. I didn't do anything. And in that time that I was doing that, I started to, to get heavier. I started to have problems. And in the year 2010, I, I had blown really up. I had gotten really big to the point where I went to the doctor and the doctor, as soon as I went to see my primary care physician, he told me to immediately, or she told me to immediately go to the emergency room. I didn't know what was going on. When I went to the emergency room, soon as I got there, and you know, for some of you who go to the emergency room, you're usually sitting there for hours before you see anybody. But when I went to the emergency room within like five minutes, they immediately took me and, and they got me to a bed. And then from there, they got me from a bed and told me I was being admitted. And then I'm in isolation in this room by myself and nurses and everybody are coming in and out of the doors and they're checking me and they're, they're writing on the pad where they have to see what you're doing every single hour. And it still didn't click with me what was going on until I finally talked to a doctor and the doctor said, you know, thank you that you were able to come here because if you didn't come here when you did, you probably wouldn't be here right now because I had congestive heart failure. So if I didn't get to the doctor, I would have, I would have died and I wouldn't be standing here right now. So the only reason that I'm standing here is because God had a, had a plan for me, a plan that I may not have known. And this is for me being in the church. This is after being in the church, after being in the youth group, after hearing everything, and me wanting to do everything on my own, it was like a little trial to say, boom. And that's when I decided to come back. And from there, he's blessed me with, and I'm not ashamed to say it, he has blessed me with free weight loss surgery, and that's a story for another time. He has blessed me with a complete turnaround. So where I was once to the point of dying, he gave me that, that, that point where I can be revived and now I can stand here today and say that, that God has really touched my life. And he had a plan for me. And I know he has a plan for each and every single one of you in this room. I know all of you in this room probably want to reboot in your life. You need a reboot? You guys, some of you probably want a reset. You probably want, you got things that are, you're holding on to or you think that, that, these sins are like dragging you down. But I want to let you know that when you accept Jesus and you repent, those sins that are dragging you down, he erases the slate and it's clean. Or some of you are probably thinking that you want to go out there and do your own thing, like the prodigal son. You just want to, want to travel out there. But the thing is, in the eyes of that father that was waiting right there, He's ready to welcome you back home. And the thing about this whole chapter in Luke is in all three instances, whether it was with the, the, the man with the hundred sheep, can't you picture Jesus chasing after the one sheep, leaving the 99 behind? 
or the same with the, the lady with the 10 coins and she's losing one. Is, is Jesus just going to uh, look at the, the nine or is he going to do whatever it takes to find that, that lost one? And with the prodigal son, the man leaves and comes home and he's ready to welcome you home. And he wants to do the same for everyone in this room. So the question I have to ask for all of you today is, who wants to be rebooted? Just raise your hand. Who feels they need a reset, a complete reset, where you have things that are dragging you down and you want it clean? Or how many of you feel that you need to be revived, that you feel that you are dead and you need to completely be brought back to life? If that's how you're feeling, why don't you, you come up front? We want to pray for you. And I want you to accept, take a chance to accept Jesus into your life. 